Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll put resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. All right. So tonight on my podcast, I've got my lovely friend Fran joining us. And if anybody has been following my stories on Instagram for a while now, they would have seen him feature here or there, um, known as my podcast guy, aka Fran. So welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's amazing to be able to have you here with me tonight and really good for me to be able to record my very first interview. So thank you for coming on. Not just a pretty face here. I'm also, you're also <laughs> learning. so Absolutely. So I thought we could start off if you would like to just tell us a little bit about yourself. No problem. So uh, hello, everyone out there listening to this podcast. As I got introduced, my name is Fran or Francisco. I am 34 years old, Peninsula boy. Um, <laughs> So hobbies, I guess you could say, are football and music, pretty much been the two major things in my life since I can really remember. And when we say football, I do mean the Aussie rules. <laughs> Sorry to my Latino heritage, but not I have soccer. not soccer, I have let soccer go. Um, just a massive, massive Port Adelaide fan. Uh, so power. Go the power. <laughs> I mean, we are in the right area for that. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. And definitely not NRL because we're no, not on the east coast not, of Australia. We're not east coast. We, we have a little bit of intelligence here with our oh. sports. Oops, sorry, guys. Oh, look out. We're going to send uh, some people away from the podcast like yeah, that. We've already, lo- we've already <laughs> lost our New South Wales listeners. Uh. Oh, well, we probably didn't have them to start with, so it's okay. <laughs> but lovely. So that's a little bit about you. Yeah. I thought... It would be nice as well to sort of talk a little bit about how we know each other. Yes. Yeah, so it's one of those funny incidents, <laughs> isn't it? So those many, many nights partying on the peninsula <laughs> um, and with all the football connections in our lives. Mm-hmm. So um, for those out there, we know each other for many, many years. Yes. It's a weird, like... I feel like when I think about our connection, I think that I was like I was meant to run into you when I did because we knew each other in high school, which um, like we're we're the same age, so that was quite a while ago. Very long time ago. But we didn't go to the same high school. No. But we had mutual friends and if you are from Adelaide, then you understand the like one degree of separation here. Not just Adelaide. If you go into the peninsula, that's even (laughs) like it's even worse. It's like, hey, that neighbour and then you've already known 30 people. Like literally. Then there was also your Palais connection. You know, everybody went to the Palais once I hit 18. Absolutely. Those Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. Like people will say to me, oh, how do you know that person? And I'm like, well, it's the peninsula. Like everybody knows everybody here. Yeah. So that's how we knew each other but then so I was going through a bit of a rough patch at the end of last year and I had some things kind of fall through that 
I thought we're going to go somewhere and they didn't. And I'd had this idea for the podcast for quite a while. And it was a Monday and I think I was on leave and I just decided, okay, I need to take some small steps for this podcast. And I didn't have any of my equipment yet. So I just was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go to JB Hi-Fi and I'm just going to look like, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. I'm just going to walk in. I'm just going to see what's there. And so I walked in and I was standing in front of the microphones, probably with an extreme blank look on my face. And you came over to help me. And like, we just quit. I think we just clicked from that moment. And like, I just... I feel like the universe brought us together in that moment. It sounds really woo-woo and I don't even care <laughs> because it, that, I honestly do think I was supposed to walk in there on that day and you were supposed to be working and you were supposed to help me. Especially as a part-timer because I'm not there five yeah. days a week. So it definitely was. And it's, it was funny because I just saw your back of you and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, someone's looking at microphones and cables. If I don't go over, someone's going to go, over the headset, like, hey, Fran, we don't know anything about this. Can you come down? So I'm like, all right, I'll go help this customer out. And then, yeah, so I'm like, we were talking and I'm like, I know your face. Yeah. And I'm trying to go through, like, all the people that you've met your whole life, yes. you know, and you're going through, like, police evidence in your own head. It's just, you know, ticking over, ticking over. And then as the conversation started, then it's like, hang on, we do know each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also we did work at Foodland. We both yes, did work yes. at Foodland. Yes, I, for- I forget yeah, that Yeah, and somehow we missed each other at the same store, but we both were at Semaphore. I know. So this just shows like how crazy Adelaide can be, that we've been in the same working environment, yes. same friendship environment, same parties. Yeah. But really it wasn't until we were in our 30s and both, you know, <laughs> wanting to do our own thing. that yeah. just like, hey, how can the universe make us work together? So. Absolutely. And I just love it. And then so you sort of gave me an idea of, what I needed to buy. I had watched, I'd listened to a couple of podcasts about starting podcasts and came in and I was like, nah, nah, they told me I need to get this mic. And you were like, nah, <laughs> you don't need that one. That's, you know, overkill or whatever. And from that conversation, then, you know, you just had then offered to help me, you know, produce and start making my own podcast. And I'm just, literally don't know where I would have been without you. So I've learned so much and you've been so supportive and I'm very grateful to have you here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it's one of those things I like, you know, people think that, oh, the podcasting and on all this, oh, I need to know a music degree and I need to know all these mm. things when really like the evolution of what you, you know, had to do, have an actual studio to like now we're just in your Kitchen. Kitchen <laughs> slash, you know, halfway in the, I'm in the kitchen. I'm in the living room. <laughs> so, and yet here we are just making, you know, having yeah. these conversations and, you know, being able to connect with each other and other people and, you know, let everyone have a listen. So, yeah. you know. This isn't that amazing? Yeah. Really? Just, yeah. It just shows where we've gotten. And especially in the, you know, the COVID generation where it's like, mm. hey, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. This has been that next, you know, that next wave of, of ability to be able to do and share. Yeah. So. Why Absolutely. not? Why not? And, you know, I've, like I said, passion for music. I've been playing my whole life. Mm-hmm. This is just an extension of, you know. So any solo singers out there that need to be in a recording <laughs> space, come see Lisa here. She's got an area and she's got the mic. So. You can use my kitchen while I cook dinner. Yeah. It's like Lisa's karaoke, you know. So new podcast coming out. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that's how we know each other. And I just love that story so much. It just, I don't know, it fills my cup. <laughs> <laughs> I just like every Wednesday getting tagged afterwards. It was just like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm actually helping my somebody. Guy. Yeah. 
No, you're, you're very grateful and thankful. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you Always know. Always come back. Life is about connections. It so is. Networking. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on that part. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, we are here to talk about mental health. And everybody has a mental health story, whether they realise it or not. It's like physical health. It's something that we have to take care of on the daily. So we're going to talk a a little bit around your mental health story. So let's take it back to the start. So if you can think back to like, you know, maybe the earliest memory or, you know, the first time you realise that maybe that there might have been something wrong. So it's it's a bit of an interesting one how you ask that because Mm – I definitely would have been like 15, 16 when I first realized something was wrong. Mm-hmm. But as you get older and you start reflecting and you start realizing things, you start realizing that you're actually showing signs at a lot younger age. And for myself, it was actually around the age of four, five or six. Yeah. Um, I was somebody that couldn't control my emotions. So I'd cry a lot. Mm-hmm. But growing up, it was, you're just a sook. You know, you're a boy. Boys don't cry. You're just a yeah. sook. Um, so then that was a big factor in, in that side of things. So, but you know, growing, you didn't realize cause you know, oh, I'm just a sook. I'm just this, I'm that. But then when I sort of hit my teenage years, I did start having some thoughts. I just like, these are not normal. Like yeah. I shouldn't be waking up like this. You know, I'm a 15, 16 year old kid. You know, I, I've got a house, like my parents look after me and like, yeah. they, you know, there wasn't like, you know, a trauma per se that was like, oh, this is the stepping stone. This is what caused you to come down. So like, you know, in my head there was just like, oh, why am I feeling these emotions? So it was definitely around that 15, 16, but it was a very hard thing because, you know, at that age, you know, what are we now, 34? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about 2004-ish. Yeah. You look at, yep, 2004. I would have been turning 16 that year. Yeah, mental health (laughs) was not even like – thought about no the the other thing that reflecting back at that stage is as i mentioned earlier being a musician now this is when the emo phrase came mm. out i'd love to see some photos of you from that stage i never went to the emo <laughs> never had the fringe so i never went that way but lyrically and a lot of the thing was like yeah. oh it's the music you're listening to. Mm. that was a very quick answer as to why you said oh well the bands you listen to are this so it was always really quick to blame everything else apart yeah. from how hey, you're actually feeling these emotions. Yeah. And so the emo phase didn't really help out when you're 16 and playing in bands, mm. never in an emo band, not that I was <laughs> against it. I was just playing <laughs> pop punk and punk music. That was a very quick like, oh, well, you know, you listen to that person, they talk about this and that. So, of course, you're feeling that way. So it was yeah. a very quick like blame other people instead of let's actually look at the the situation. Yeah. So that was probably the earliest time when I started realizing that I'm not thinking the way I should be thinking. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, and the horrible thing was you go and, as we said, it wasn't a thing that was really spoken about. No. So it's like, oh, you're just going through teenage feelings. Yes. And especially I think it being a male. Definitely. It's, you know, very different kettle of fish, I think to myself so I you know I'm still a crier so that hasn't changed but like it was socially accepted for me to be crying or for me to be you know a sook for example so I think that is definitely something that we're seeing now with our generation is how stifled men were when they were younger and how that's now affecting them now you know their ability to communicate their um, their emotions is you know definitely not 
you know, where it should be or, or where yep. a healthy level is. Yep. We, so that's, you know, I think that is something that a lot of people will resonate with in one way or another. So it's, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it is like a very, you know, it's a hard topic to talk about because, you know, yeah. I, I even reflecting when I hit 25 mm-hmm. and then the conversation became a lot more open. Yes. A part of me was still very bitter mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, you guys are now taking it away from the people that do have. And I'm like, but it's just because we were so used to hiding it yeah. that when somebody actually openly spoke about it, you're in your head going, are you just looking for attention? Like you're just so used to keeping it as such a hidden, you yeah. know, taboo. Don't you come out of that trap door? You stay there. Yes. So when all of a sudden there's a generation of 16, 17 year olds that can comfortably go, I'm depressed, I'm this, a part of you is like, are you though? Like yeah. there was almost this jaded like, like per- a jealousy it that was, they're it, allowed yeah, to feel that Yeah, that they're way. allowed to feel that way yeah. or that they can openly discuss it. But yeah. I, I wasn't allowed to. So now all of a sudden I only know how to deal with my emotions this way. Yes. So you almost have this, I wouldn't say bitterness, but there was just this angle that you just looked at this next generation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just like, hang on, I wanted that support and now I'm being this bitter older person. Yeah. And so that took a while because, you know, I'm – Biggest thing is if you can make it, admit you've made a mistake. I made many and that's one of them. <laughs> um, but that was just a big, big change is all of a sudden you yeah. see this next group of kids going, oh, sorry, I'm just having a bad emo day yeah. or like a bad sad day. Yeah. And it's like everyone's accepting where like I felt like I can't say that. I was yeah. still so like scared to openly say it. So that is also like another change that you saw mm. within the generations and that big generational change is that, you know, there were resources for these kids. When they go to school, they can have those conversations. But when it was quickly for us, it was brushed under. Yes. So, and then you hit an adulthood and it's like, cool, I've got this, I don't know how to deal with my emotions. Let's have a drink. And then, oh, yes. where does that lead to those crying nights? And hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. And I haven't really thought about it in that way before. So that is like really interesting for me to hear because it is very true. And it is, amazing that we've come that far that we have this other generation who can say hey I need a mental health day or hey I'm feeling depressed or my anxiety is through the roof because like we were saying before like when we were in high school no one ever talked about mental health or no. you never no one said oh I have depression yeah. or I've got anxiety or any of those things so definitely we've come a long way. There's still a long way to go. A hundred percent. But yeah, I, I do get what you mean about it almost being that little bit of like, oh, well, why is it okay for, for you? To, yeah. For you, when it wasn't yeah. for me. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it was just one of those crazy things that you just sort of just go, wow. Cause yeah, for us, mental health was, oh, I'm schizophrenic or, yeah, you know, in a straight jacket. In a straight jacket. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, oh, that person that's crying yes. is not mental health. That's just a sook. Yes. And so it was definitely changing the way that you think about what mental health is and realising what it is. So then, as I mentioned, like reflecting back that, oh, I was crying as a kid because my emotions weren't, they were all over the place so I couldn't, you know, understand them. But I didn't think I had an issue until I was 16. Yeah. So there's 10 years worth of who knows what other little things were happening in there. Mm -hmm. But I'd been telling myself, I can't cry, I can't feel this, I can't Mm -hmm. feel that. Then you hit 16 and it's like, oh, now I don't want to wake up today. Yeah. Well, what's happened in the last 10 years that you don't even realise? And so that's that big reflection. So, yeah, um, yeah so that's why podcasts like this are really important because yeah. you touch on things that people don't think about or 
you know... Well, they do think about it, but they think no one else thinks about yeah, it. Yeah, well, we're in 2022 already. Yeah. It's, you know, COVID's been two years. Mm. How quick did these last two years go? What happens in 10 years? What happens in 15 years? Yeah. So then you, you sit back and you go, oh, man, that time's gone so quick. But then you go, oh, but then I went through this, this and that. And then you start finding out. It's like, oh. Definitely. Hang on, this is why. Yeah. And, you know, I my story is similar to yours in that I didn't have anything large happen to me. There was no big trauma that happened. I just gradually got depressed and yep. my anxiety increased and I used to feel quite a lot of guilt almost that like who am I to feel sad or because nothing bad happened to me so you know and that's a you know another part of it because then yeah you have these negative feelings of guilt that you should be happy exactly and you know talking about our, you know how old we are mm-hmm. social media wasn't thing then that's the other thing that you know so you didn't have that, oh, like blaming social media. It wasn't, your anxiety wasn't there. It wasn't that you saw these things. So you weren't comparing your life to those people on the mm. internet like you've got people now. So yeah. it was a way, it was just very different how the mental health situation back then was because you didn't have, you know, it wasn't a comparison mental health issue. It was, you know, it, like with the world, it was just with the close, with yeah. your close people. Yeah. Um. So it's, a, it's, it's, I couldn't imagine being a kid now and being able to see what Roger oh, down no. the, you know, Roger three suburbs down has done and the mm. travel and stuff and trying to compare that. Mm. We struggled just because like, you know, my best mate did this and I couldn't do it. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just such a way, way different thing. Um, yeah. So you definitely didn't see mental health as like the way we see it now. No, definitely not. So we've talked, you know, obviously there was some things that stemmed from childhood and then as you got into your teen years, as that kind of developed, what then happened? At what point, you know, when did you get to a point where you knew that you needed to do something or did you get to a point where you knew that? Yes. So the first time, so we'll go through a bit of the history, Mm -hmm. um, finished high school. Yeah. Uh, didn't actually have a job during high school. I was one of those people because I was chasing my music dream and playing footy. Mm-hmm. I was just doing whatever. Took my first job counting cans and bottles, save the environment, Ew. recycling depot. Yay. From five there, cents. Yeah, or ten cents, it was, isn't it? Now it's ten, <laughs> but back then was five. So that was, you know, yeah. counting those cans. Inflation. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Helping the man collect his cans. Yes. Out. So went from there. Then I went into Wendy's because, you know, who doesn't like a hot dog? Well, I, I mean. Back I miss then. Wendy's. Is it? There's nothing. There's no left, Wendy's. Like, no, right? Wendy's are gone. Ugh. From what I can see, they used to be yeah. two at Westlake's. Remember? Yes. Now, was, yeah. I was yeah. always jealous of people who worked at Wendy's. Wendy's and Boost Juice. <laughs> yes. They were the dream. Yeah. I'm making those thick shakes. And you're just like <laughs> with all the like crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all the bits on top, and then the big ice cream scoop <laughs> in there. Like this is like shaking dog. Yeah. Five dollars. Five dollar shaking dog. <laughs> this is actually like a cooking um, podcast. Yeah. Welcome no. to my kitchen rules. Yes. Um, <laughs> From there, I then ended up taking a traineeship mm-hmm. at Foodlam. Did my traineeship for the two years. Now, after that, um, went from part-time. They're like, hey, there's no management roles. We're dropping you to casual. So then I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not going to financially work for me. I took the next job that I could, which then I hated. I was with one other person. And now I'm a social person. I've always worked mm. in retail. So those first three jobs were retail and hospital where I'm interacting then I got in a job where it was me and one other person and my job was to be in a warehouse Ugh. with my thoughts. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. That would not work for yeah. me either. So I've gone from 18 to 21 or so mm. 
where I'm socializing all the time, talking to people. So my brain's never allowed to be on its own. Yes. Then I'm doing a job that I don't actually like. Then my band broke up mm. and just a few little things. So then one day, and this is it, this is where like, I'm like, I know something's up, I know something's up, but I'm a guy, can't do it, can't mm. do it. And my mum goes, how was work? And I broke down. Oh. I just broke down that question. Yeah. Just tore me to bits. Yeah. And I broke down. And then that's when I got taken to a doctor. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I did get diagnosed. Yeah. That was just the GP. That was just the GP. Yeah. But this is where the GP, mm. very not supportive oh. in a way, he turns around and goes, I used to make $120 per person. I'd give a script for this. Now it's only 80 bucks. So he was telling me his commission oh. work. <laughs> he was telling me how much commission he was actually making from this like prescription of medication. I'm like, I've not heard this prior to yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm like mortified. Yeah. So that was one of these things that made me just go, oh, wow. Okay. So, and again, you know, we're talking 2007, eight, you know, we're pushing like that. So yeah. like, you know, it's just whatevs. And that was his first thing to do as well as to prescribe something. Yep. Ooh. Was that, was prescribe me? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for medications yep. and when people need to use them, I just think that maybe they shouldn't be the very first, first thing, thing that the doctor yep. does. I then got, then this is where, the, this is where like it took a, a really crazy turn and this is why I did have a long time before I actually, you know, became comfortable and talking yeah. about it, was then in the same clinic there was like a, a psych yeah. or, or a counsellor in there and we did the first session and... This is when tablets first came out, so I was used to people pen and paper because, you know, we're talking mm. old days. <laughs> I love pen and paper. Yeah, a pen and paper. So <laughs> I've got to, notebooks yeah, everywhere. <laughs> you know, nowadays if someone was on a tablet, I'd be like, sweet. But back yeah. then I'm just like, what are you doing? You're pushing buttons. You, you know what I mean? But yeah. the way he spoke to me was like that traditional, and how do you feel? Like, oh. and it just felt like I was like that typical, like, yeah. I'm crazy. And these people that, you know, that you see on television, the way they talk down to you. Yeah. Second session. He puts me in the room and he puts meditation music on. And leaves you in the room. And leaves me in the room. And I'm like, cool, this is my second session of therapy. Was it at least guided meditation? It was guided, but he left me in the room. I mean, not that that makes it better. And I'm like, this is cool, bro. Now, like, I'm all for guided meditation. I'm not, like, I I love it. 100%. But as a second session, after you've just been diagnosed and chucked on meds for the first time. Yeah. No, we should be talking about, like, let's start breaking stuff down. Yeah. So that was that side of it. I then ended up going to another doctor who put yeah. me on a three-month, like, get out of work. It's not going to help you. Yeah. You need to leave that place. You need to spend three months on fixing yourself up. Okay. So yeah. that was the first one. That was the sec- that second doctor. That second was the second science. doctor. Yeah. But this was the first time that I had one of these three-month breakdowns because I've had okay. another one of these. All right. Yeah, so I've had an exciting adult life. Yes. Um, I then, you know... Things got a bit better. Yeah. After the three months went happened, I um went looking for work. Mm-hmm. Jumped up, got into hot back into hospo. Mm-hmm. So started doing that. Um, time goes on. I think four, three years happen. Mm-hmm. Then you know relationships. Mm-hmm. Then finances, because mm-hmm. what people don't realise is that three months is awesome, but then you've got a massive mm-hmm. gap in your resume. And it's so much easier to get a job once you've already got a job. Yes. But you don't have a job. Mm. For some reason, it just seems a lot harder to be offered work. 
Mm-hmm. And then you've got this gap in your resume that like at the time you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I had a mental breakdown. Because, again, this is back, you know, going back a few years. That's yeah. stuff you didn't want to talk about. You don't want to have that. When now, like we mentioned, people yeah. are so comfortable to go, yep, I had a breakdown. I had to have time off. Yeah. For me, that was not something that I felt comfortable talking about. So I had this gap and then I, so I jumped in and just like did a few shifts here. But yeah. I still remember that I had a – I was working at a pizza bar. I was a driver and I just turned my phone off one day because I couldn't go to work. Yeah. And then I just – but I knew that I had another job lined up. Okay. But it was like – Nobody got that pizza that nobody day. Nobody got that pizza that day. <laughs> but it was just one of those things that it was just like I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I didn't know how to still say, hey, I've actually got mental health issues. I can't come in today. Yeah. Because I just felt like a like you don't ring up to say, you know, it was still it was still that mentality. Like yeah. it was still that big mentality. Like, you know, it's it's oh, I hurt my ankle. Yep, you take the day off. I hurt mm-hmm. this, you know, but not like I got the sads and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do my job right. Mm-hmm. And then you get yelled at at work and then you know, it makes yeah. it harder. So then the next one, 2013. And I remember mm-hmm. this because it got known as the Fran page of 2013. Oh. I was the Fran page. Oh yeah, look. Oh, like rampage. Rampage, okay, rampage. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm trying to figure yeah. this out. So it was a rampage. Yes. Um, pretty much, it was after a breakup. Some other stuff had happened in between. Out, you know, we were involved at a club. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting into a punch up with, okay. like, my best mate, mm-hmm. like a, a brothers. Then my uh, housemate was there, my older brother. And this started from like the top of a club. We ended up downstairs. We ended, I ended up like in the middle of the city. I lost a shoe. I lost my shirt. Like wow. it was like a full on yeah. massive, you know, I'm not promoting fighting. No, I've, don't, I'm not a fighter. Like anyone that actually knows me, like you can't even poke no, me. Yeah. because I can't like, imagine no, you and, and that's all. the thing. Like it was, you know. Yeah. But the thing was, and even though like after, I still, I speak to these guys because, you know, I, mess, I fessed up after. Mm-hmm. But throughout the whole time, and we've spoken about it, is that the whole time in this fight, I wasn't wanting to throw punches. I wanted to be hit yeah. because I wanted that physical, like the internal pain was getting too much. Yeah. That the physical needed to come out. And so I'm just like, just hit me, just hit me. Yeah. Um, there was a point where I actually got tackled to the ground. They tried to pin me and I was by a ticket machine. Yeah. Those ticket machines that you pay. Yeah, the, car. the cars. Yeah. So I just started smashing my head. So I had to get oh. someone to like grab my head. Yeah. And then they put me on the ground. So I started scraping my face. So it was just like, yeah. I got to that point where like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to try to hurt myself because yeah. I just had left it inside for so long Yeah, and that I just wasn't dealing. Yeah. Lost my job through there because I uh, didn't rock up the next day. Yeah. Of course I was in a rut. I'm like, whatever. Once again, three months, you know, three months, you mm-hmm. can't do it. I had a big busted lip. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a great time. Yeah. Once again, I went to these people and I apologized and I go, these are the steps that I'm doing. I'm actually seeing this person, this person. Yeah. We hugged out. Now the thing is, is that this period was probably the worst because, which I didn't mention earlier, I didn't last long on the medication the okay. first time because when I took them at nighttime, I couldn't sleep. Right. And if I took them in the day, I was sleeping all day. Oh. Yeah. My body was just all yeah. over the place and I could not, and it was making me worse. And I know that, you know, people like, now nah, the first two to three weeks, they take they a while, take a while. Adjust, right? I, I couldn't. Like it just wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't reacting well for me. And I think this is an issue that a, a lot of people would face when they go on to medication. I haven't um, 
been on medication before, so I don't know this from my own personal experience, but people who I have spoken to have said that, you know, it does take a few weeks to get used to it and then sometimes you realise, actually, this isn't the right one for me and then you need to, like, wean off of it and then start again. again. So it can be a little bit, um, you know, just in real talk, it can be a little bit of, um, you know, a, a journey to find the right one. I'm someone that, like, growing up I couldn't even, like, I used to have to crush my Panadol because swallowing <laughs> tablets, just like I couldn't do it. And even now, like I just don't, I'm not a big tablet taker. Yeah. Just never have been. Um, yeah. So it was always really hard to sort of jump Swallow. on that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you didn't last on them or you didn't, you know, you ended up stopping the first time. Yep. Now all of this stuff has happened. Yep. Um, now my, this was the same doctor that put me on this, like the three-month thing. The first GP. The first, uh, so... The second GP I went to, but the one yeah. that put me on the three-month leave. Yes. He put me back on this. Okay. Sent me to another psych. Not the meditation guy. Not the meditation guy. We went somewhere else. <laughs> yes. Um, if anyone, Dr. Dyson down at Trinity, <laughs> oh, thank you. Shout names. out. I'm going to throw it out. <laughs> Seriously, the best thing about this doctor is his whole thing has always been we'll do it your way, but if it's not working, we will go to my way. Okay. So he's been very supportive because yeah. he knows I don't like taking my meds. So, yeah. hey, if you're showing signs or if the psych says this, we're going to put you back on. Mm-hmm. So he's been like that. He, so he works with you. He works with me. He just tell yeah. you what to do. As a vegetarian, yeah. He, I get my bloods done for my iron levels. He looks after me that way. He actually cares. Mm-hmm. So he keeps on top. So he's yeah. been really amazing for me. Not that I like go to the doctor, but when <laughs> I do, I make sure it's him. So I could spend six months not going if I can't get into him. Yeah. Because um, I've tried to see other doctors at the same clinic mm-hmm. to get us prescription, and they're like, no, I wouldn't. Die, I wouldn't give this for someone with that condition. So you, I won't give them to you. Okay. Even though it's in my history, even though it's it's all there. Yeah. So he's been someone that has really helped me out in oh, that good. sense because we we have gone through the route. Yeah. But even in the same clinic, there are certain doctors that won't even give me the same scripts yeah. because they don't agree with it. But it's like that mm. thing. This is why I've been with this one doctor. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so important to try and find a doctor that does understand you in that way. And the same thing with a psych. Um, or a social work or, or whoever it is that you see um, is to yeah to really find one that understands you and is happy to help you and not just tell you what to do. Exactly. So so you've gone back now. So, yep, so we've gone back, get another three-month thing, mm-hmm. start seeing another, um, you know, 10, ten person, you know, the 10 um, free that you get yeah. because, you know, the when you, mental health the mental plan. health plans, you yeah. know, you only get the 10. Yes. Hopefully the Greens when we get, get them more on Medicare. Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is when you're only working casual, yeah. you know, it's cool. I need that Medicare. But once your 10's done, you're just like, I can't afford to go be paying you. Yeah. You know, um, through that, this lady, I found out that I did have trauma that was like from when I was younger because I did wow. the tests. So the way you react to your, you know, you answer the thing. So they ask the same question in different ways and, yeah. So it was like a four-page thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, you've got a lot of suppressed stuff that you you hide. Wow. Um, which was through this lady. And how old would you have been then, roughly? Mid-20s, late-20s? Mid to late. Uh, yeah. 2013, I was born 80, what's that? Uh, far out, is it that long ago? Mm. <laughs> yeah, mid-20s then. Yeah, so like yeah. Nine, nine years ago? Yeah, about seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine years ago. So yeah, about twenty-five. Yeah, Yeah, twenty-five. Yeah. So it wasn't until you were that until you were twenty-five that you discovered that I had deeper trauma. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I forgot to say was that I had all my band equipment stolen. Like, and I was meant to go on a tour, 
And so this was also was part of the reason why yeah. I just like lost it because like it was my first tour I was going to go on. Yeah. And we've just had me and two mates had eleven grand worth of equipment stolen. Oh. Like. No insurance, friend. No, because oh. we left it at a venue. It was, oh. Yeah, like you'd think the venue oh. would look after you. Like, yeah, it's not even out of a car. It was in a venue. Lessons learned. Yes, don't trust venues. No. Um, <laughs> but then. So it was a big compound. There was lots. Yeah, and lots there was of a lot, lots of things on. that were sort of just sort of went. And again, yeah. you know, I didn't have all the steps implemented in myself personally to, yes. hey, I can see the signs or this and yeah. that. What did start happening is I ended up getting on some Valium for a bit. Okay. Because it wasn't so much, it was the panic attacks that were getting me. Right. The not You know, and that's where it was like I could wake up and just have a panic attack and it's like I don't want meds every day but when I'm having that I need something to yeah. like stress, you know, less stress. Yeah, to help you to calm down. Yeah. And the reason I bring this up is I went MIA. Now, if anyone that knew me back then – I was actually DJing weekly at a nightclub. I had like two or three bands at the time. Mm-hmm. I was out every weekend. I deactivated my Facebook and this was a big challenge for me. So I deactivated my Facebook and then I started realising who genuine people that cared about you were because people would go to on a Friday night, ask my housemate how I was, but these are the same people that have my mobile number. Yeah. And it just started showing that. When you're out socially, people can, you know, it's very easy to be in circles, you know. It's very easy to go, I know a million and one people, but when you're by yourself depressed. Mm -hmm. But then there were some people that like one of the bar girls Mm -hmm. would hit me up at five in the morning knowing that I'm probably not sleeping and she'd come and give me a hug, would drive up to see me and just come spend because she knows that I'm not sleeping. Yeah. We'll be there till the sun comes up, then she'd head off. What an angel. Yeah. there. I had some beautiful people around. Yeah. What then happened was that my housemates were like, oh, your sound wave's coming up. Mm-hmm. That's roughly when your three months is up. Do we make that your, like, going out thing? Let's get you a ticket. Mm-hmm. We're going to use this as your, like, let's make that the goal. Yeah. To go out. Yeah. So that was, like, a big push because it's, like, all these bands that I love and I love music and I love this. Mm-hmm. So I decided to challenge myself and I decided to go out the night before. Right. And I rocked up to the same place where I had the, you know, the fram page. Right. Pulled out my money to go pay and they're just like, you're an idiot. Like you've, you're part of family here. Like they looked after me. Oh. But it was just like, I'm like, I haven't been here for three months. I, mm-hmm. we brawled, like I'm not going to be that guy. But I had to wear sunglasses right. because of just – if I had sunnies on, I could focus on whatever I wanted to. If I had them off, I was seeing faces and I felt like everyone was looking at me. Yeah. So it's I, that voice inside your head telling you yeah. everyone's looking at yeah. you. Yeah. So there are actually photos of me at nightclubs in this 2013 period where I've got sunnies on and everyone's yeah. like, why the fuck's he got sunnies <laughs> on? Um, yeah. But that was like a big thing as well. That was just my own way. Yeah. That was your coping that was, mechanism. Yeah, it was my coping. If, if I want to go out. Mm-hmm. You like I, that was my my thing. Yeah, I remember the sound wave was like great day. I had a little. I didn't want to take my bottle of Valium, so mm-hmm. I put a few in to like mm-hmm. a little bag. And I still remember. I think it was like during Green Day. I think it was, mm-hmm. and then all like I ran out of Valium, mm-hmm. and I'd been up on it the whole day. That all of a sudden I'm just crying my eyes out at the end of sound wave because I like I, my phone's died. I lost my mates. And I'm down, like, all of a sudden the reality is, like, I'm using these drugs to cope yeah. and I've got none to hit me back up. 
craziest thing is I walk out the front thinking I'm like I'm stranded and boom, run into my mate like that. Yeah. Like my house was like, what the hell? I found you. Like you're fine. He took me back home and, you know, looked after me. But that was like realising just how big the drops were. Yeah. For not, you know, when you were there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that was like a massive thing. So then from there it was the weaning off of A, the Valium and mm-hmm. B, the sunglasses. They were the two things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that – but that was one of those things that's like do what you need to do Yeah. to get by and – you know, yeah. part of my language, but fuck everyone else. Yeah. Because I know that there were people shit talking, but at the same time, like my close friends knew why I was doing it and that's all that mattered. And at the end of the day, they were the ones that were going to hug me at the end of the night. They yeah. were the ones that were going to call me the next day. Yeah. Not that person who had three months to contact me, didn't say Jack. And then when I'm out, wants to go, oh, why are you wearing signings? Well, if you mm. had spoken to me over the last three months, you know what I'm going through. Yeah. And it also just goes to show as well, you know, every, we are, all are, and I'm, you know, I would be, would have done it before in the past as well, quick to judge. Yep. So you see someone at a nightclub with sunglasses on, I'd be like, you know, someone might be like, oh, what the fuck is this person doing yep. with sunglasses on? It's dark. Yep. But you just never know what someone might be going through. Yep. And that's why it's so important. And I remind myself this all the time to always try to lean with kindness for that reason, because you know, you wouldn't have known what you were going through wearing your sunglasses yeah, in the nightclub. Exactly. But, you know, now hearing that story, I just think, oh, I hope that I haven't done that to somebody else yeah, in the same 100%. way. Yeah, 100%. Like it does also make you reflect a lot more, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so they were like the major incidents yeah. throughout my adulthood. Since then, you know, you have your occasional like today, hey, it's a bad day, I don't want to wake up. Mm-hmm. But I've been blessed with having a lovely partner mm-hmm. who's just like communication. You know, we said, hey, communication, communicate. Mm-hmm. I'm having one of those days and she'll be like, that's okay. Stay in bed. Mm-hmm. Do this. You know, there's no expectation of, oh, well, we are used to got to do X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that side of things where, you know, you have to understand that those days happen. And for some yeah. people it's a lot more regularly. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that. Days because I work retail, my partner works retail. If I wake up and I don't have anything on that day till five o'clock, I can easily just be in bed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to fight that voice because like, well, I don't have this. And then it's just like, well, where's your motivation? What have you got today? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have anything till later and you're someone that has those issues, mm-hmm. so sometimes it's just like, hey, let's have a chat. And, you know, you speak to them and they're like, yeah, cool. We need this done or we need that. You know, just finding yeah. those little things that just to keep you a bit more around the house. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the smallest things, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a lot better to be doing it that way and then doing little tasks mm-hmm. than going, oh, well, my whole day is ruined and just start hating yourself even more. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, the voice in your head, that self doubt yeah. continues. Gets in there. Yeah, it gets in there. And when yeah. you're by yourself, and that's definitely something I think I've learned about myself that if I'm not talking, mm-hmm. my voice is very negative. Yeah. Um, so it's why, like, I do like socialising and, you know, going mm-hmm. out because you start realising that the voice is wrong. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. been that, it's been too negative. And- yeah. That's something that I I talk about all the time and I, I remind myself constantly that I can't trust my own brain. Yeah. 
Sometimes it's it's a lovely brain and it's telling me lovely things about myself, but especially if I'm starting to slip a little bit, you know, if I'm going through a very rough time or if I'm just having one of those days, I've learned pretty well how to pick up on that voice and sometimes I'm strong enough to overpower it and yep. other times I'm not. But it's at least just being able to say to myself, look, Lisa, you know that that's the other voice that's talking. Don't listen to it and tomorrow is going to be a better day. Yep. So it's sort of about, you know, each of us learning how to manage our mental health on a daily, weekly, monthly basis the same way we do with our physical health. Yep. So in saying that, what are the things that you use to keep yourself healthy and, you know, doing well? So surprisingly, football for me. Mm-hmm. Um, playing football, you know, as we mentioned before about sometimes you just need that physical, mm-hmm. like the physical pain. Mm-hmm. Not that I get injured in footy a lot. <laughs> but Maybe you need to work on your skills yeah, if that's maybe. the case. <laughs> but, um, but through football, it's like I get my aggression. I've got like two-hour year aggressions coming out, mm-hmm. like, and it's not in boxing. You're not beating someone up. You, you know, your aggression's out there in a controlled environment. But it's like I had friends that used to come see me play footy just to see Angry Fran because you don't see Angry Fran in real life. Oh. So it's just a, like it, that's one way is definitely yeah. so like. It's like a, an outlet. It is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, where I love my sports, all sports, mm-hmm. but nothing has that physicality like Aussie Rules does. Mm-hmm. So that's been a big out. Winter, that is my massive outlet. So, you know, yeah. Saturdays, play my footy. So mm-hmm. I'm still playing at 34, haven't stopped. Yeah. Even with my busted body, I'm still going to keep going. Um, no, I'm at St. Paul's now. Ooh. Yeah, left the peninsula. So <laughs> For two, a moment, just yeah, <laughs> two, 255 games at North Haven, Oy. life member on the board. But sometimes you just need to change. And, I mean, there is um, research that shows that, you know, um, you know, keeping fit physically does actually improve your mental health as yep. well. So there's definitely research that backs that. Yep. Um, the other thing I also have and, you know, is the whole music thing. Yeah. Like that outlet of just letting go of anything and everything and putting it all into, you know, mm-hmm. this completely different vehicle that you can put messages out mm-hmm. in a completely different way where all of a sudden you can put a poem out but then put a beat behind it or, mm-hmm. you know, you can get your words out there in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's also a thing. But when you perform like, oh, yeah. the adrenaline, like you're just another person, you know, you yeah. hear about people talk about it and it's like, oh, when I'm on stage and this other, you know, something takes over me, it's, it's that, like, you come off that stage and you just, you, you know, you're on cloud nine, mm-hmm. but you forget about everything. everything. Yeah. And then when you're coming down on it, like the dopamine's in there, you've hit that dopamine mm-hmm. hit without having to need meds or anything. And mm-hmm. there's just this this pureness about it. And then afterwards you play and you've got people going, that was amazing. And, yeah. you know, like it's the little love bits, you know. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a big factor in it that I think like helps you out because you put something out there just like you're doing with your podcast, you. you know, you're putting it out there, but then having those responses just goes, yeah, yeah. It makes you feel good about yourself. But then it realizes yeah. that, hang on, I'm doing a good thing and this is what people mm-hmm. want and need. And yeah. so definitely like that music outlet. It's that connection piece as yeah. well. And also what do you, what's the name of your band at the moment? So I'm currently <laughs> playing in Witch Spit. Um, so shout out to Witch Spit. <laughs> I love that name. Spotify, <laughs> got an EP and two singles out there. I'm also playing drums in a trap project called Sacred. So mm-hmm. shout out to Perry, um, <laughs> which has been cool because 
I've only been a drummer since August. Yeah. But it's been awesome to experiment. Uh, and especially, I should have been a drummer a long time ago because smacking the shit yeah. out of the drums yeah. has, is also another really good thing <laughs> with my mental health. Uh, so good. And also, like, learning something new. Yeah. Like, learning the drums because you were a guitarist, guitarist yeah, right? Guitarist, vocalist, yeah. yeah. So, like, learning something new is good for your mental health as well. Yeah. So, you know, because often when you're learning something new, it's really hard to dip, it's hard to concentrate on anything else but the task at hand so I find it to be like a mindfulness activity almost because you are only focused on what you're doing same as building lego that's a <laughs> not, building lego you underestimate underestimate how much fun oh my goodness and like you said because you've got the task on hand yeah. and then you've got to find the bit yeah find that bit yeah and then go put it in and then make sure it's the right way it's actually so much more therapeutic okay then you actually think my girlfriend laughed at me and then we spent building a Batmobile and a Batman mask together oh, at the end of last goodness. year. So yes. thank you. <laughs> Do you know, I was driving down Port Road today and saw that there was a billboard up for what looks to be like a Lego Expo. Yeah, they used to do them I, a fair bit. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but anywho, so I, maybe you could, maybe, hey, <laughs> you could I, also Lego or Lego. <sighs> How do you say it? Lego? Lego. I say Lego. Mm, I think I said it Lego, didn't I? Yeah. I feel like I'm going to get shit for that. Hey, so English is my second language, <laughs> so I'll always use that as my excuse, you know? It's like, yeah, it's my second language. It's my ride. second language. Free ride. Anyone who can speak more than one language always gets Has my respect. That's <laughs> my massive respect. Cool. So one thing I do want to ask is what – do you wish that you could tell your younger self that was going through that experience that you know now? That it's okay to cry. I yeah. think that for a male, mm-hmm. well, you know, don't know about the guys these days, but mm-hmm. definitely someone from my generation, if I could go back and just go, it's okay to cry, don't hold it in. Because now sometimes, like, um, I, I guess you could say, I mean, we talked about this earlier and I didn't bring it up yet, but um, <laughs> some of the, the things that I would do between, you know, 18 to 25 was disassociate yeah, because I didn't understand how to, what my emotions were, what my feelings were. All of a sudden I was only allowed to be happy mm. or everything else is you've got to sweep it under the table. Every other emotion doesn't exist. Like it's only anger or happy. You can't be sad because yeah. guys don't get sad. Guys don't cry. Guys don't have those emotions. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden it's just like, well, what is my emotion? You get in your own head, you disassociate, you disappear from the Yeah. Um, so it's definitely that thing. It's like it is okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to have these feelings because you you know, I did get told they're normal teen feelings, but they aren't normal teen feelings. But yeah. these these feelings do happen. There are other people that have these feelings and that you don't have to go a certain road. You know, you don't have to straight away go on the med. You don't have to, you know, there are yeah. other ways that you can find that's going to make you better. Like you mentioned, you know, from weaning off one med to another may not be the best way. Yeah. So for someone, it might be meditation. Somebody may get it out of swimming. Mm-hmm. Somebody may find something, you know, cross-stitching. Coloring yeah, colouring in. cross-stitching. Yeah. Like, you know, gardening, like everyone's story is going to be different and so what's going to work for one person to the next person to the next is going to be different and that's okay just don't be afraid to try yeah exactly and if something's you know not working and you've given it a crack then it's okay to try something else as well and I think we need to be kinder with ourselves which I'm really bad at and I'm sure you've been bad at at some point 
But it's good to remind ourselves <laughs> to be kind to ourselves also. You're, you're just like me. You're kind to the world and then yeah. like, so like harsh hard on yourself. Myself. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you must be the loveliest soul. Yes, because the anger's inside, like the devil's inside of me because everyone else gets like the beauty yes. and the angelic me. Yeah. So then, you know, and I, I, people have said that. They're like, oh, you know, you don't seem like someone that's upset. or And it's like, mm. yeah, that's because I know what it feels like to have those feelings. So I don't want to portray that out I don't want to give that out to the, yeah. the universe because I'm already got that inside yeah. so why do we want to continue sharing or giving that negative out yeah so that's why you always I find that a lot of people that do have a lot of these mental health issues some of the nicest people that you can actually yeah have a conversation with because a lot of the time they don't want others to hurt no you know they and they go I've hurt so much myself over x amount of time yeah I don't want someone else to feel that no, we do get really good at hiding it, don't we? <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, for myself, when I think about why I used to hide it, it was because I was, I think, a little bit scared of what people would think. 100%. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to share it. You know, yep. you don't want other people to know how bad you were feeling. It was, like you said, it was bad enough that you were feeling it yourself. Yep. So that just kept it inside and... That didn't really do me any favours no. in the long run. And if anyone is feeling like that, I suggest that you don't keep it inside and you talk to people about it much, much better in the long run. And sometimes it can just be like, I think I've seen a few memes pop up lately, mm-hmm. but it also just shows the, the way that we're going is like, are you looking to vent or are you actually looking for answers? Yeah. Because sometimes you just need to get every word out and you just don't want someone to respond you know, or you don't want them to you give you. You just want to be heard. Yeah, and sometimes that's all it is and that's part of the whole communicating, hey, how do I get the best out of myself? Well, tell the person you're going to vent to. This is a vent. You know, yes. I, you know, because sometimes like, I oh, know, I've done it before. Someone's like, hey, this sucks. Oh, well, how about you try this? They don't want to hear that at the time. Yeah. Maybe later they do, but sometimes it is it's just you having – just being able to hold yourself for two seconds, go, I need to vent or I just need to get this off, mm-hmm. then do it and then just tell the person, like, I'm, yeah, then we can think about fixing it. Then yeah. we can fix it. But sometimes it's just like, hey, I've held this in for way too long and I just need the words out, just like we mentioned, the physical pain. Yeah. Sometimes it's the, the voice that's in my head yeah. needs to come out just so it's verbalised out and I can – because how often have you said something out loud and you're like, oh, Actually, that does sound ridiculous. Yeah. My bro- <laughs> why is that making me sad? Like yeah. once you verbalise it, it's like, oh, hang on, why is that making me sad? And it, sometimes it is that because you've had it inside for so long Yeah. that it's just making you think mm-hmm. the worst when it's, you know. Yeah. And this is something that I use journaling for myself as well. So if I'm not talking to someone about it, even just writing it down sometimes helps me to get it out of my head. Yeah. And, yeah, again, seeing it in words in front of me is like, okay, that is actually ridiculous. Yep. So, So, yeah. So um, I'm going to ask one more question, I think. So how do you think that we as a society can do better moving forward? So it's an interesting one because personally I do think that as a society – while we are trying to do better with mental health, I feel a lot of the current day solutions are very token or tokenistic. Um, you know, like a lot of workplaces, like, yeah, we're giving you call numbers to call, mm-hmm. but is the environment actually changing where you're working? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's cool that you can ring somebody and go, hey, work shit, but why is yeah. it work trying to change? Yeah. Do you know? So yeah. um, I, I do think that it should start 
at a younger age in and it probably is now. This is the thing. Yeah. Like I can only like talk about like our as an adult. Yeah, our lived experience. Yeah. And as an adult, it's like I do think that then you know maybe somebody comes into your work and mm-hmm. spends you know hey you can spend ten minutes just talking to someone about little things just to get it out of the way because sometimes you don't you know you go home you just want to drop everything so at work like mm-hmm. hey I'm not dealing hey this and that even just other things like I know there's been big talks about this but. Cutting down the work week. Mm. I'm a big fan of like getting paid the same but working four days. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a big, big <laughs> thing about that because not <laughs> only are dream. we giving more people more work, mm-hmm. so you're actually improving that, but you're giving people an extra day to spend with loved ones, with yeah. their hobbies, like with something that's actually going to make them mm-hmm. feel accomplished. Instead of, hey, I work five days a week, then try to recover the weekend, and yeah. the next thing I know, it's Monday again. Mm-hmm. Go into that four day and. Um, yeah, the four-day weekend uh, – sorry, the four-day week. Four-day weekend would be awesome. No, four-day yeah, week. Yeah, four-day weekend. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Every, like, yeah. No, but a four-day week and that way you've actually got a day to do the things that actually yeah. make you happy, you know. Yeah. I definitely think that that as a society where we, we put such a priority into like, oh, like, hey, I only slept three hours last night because I've got a 60-hour week. It's mm. like that's not cool. Glorifying the hustle. Yes. You know, yeah. we glorify all this negative, like the, the bad things, that, mm. and then we wonder why there's like this mental health mm. issue when it's like, no, we should be telling people that at 30 you can have a hobby. At 40 it's totally fine to want to go and watch a band on a Saturday night or go yeah. play poker. Like, or start a new career the, path. Yeah, or... there is nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah. And we need to also encourage people the older generation to be accepting of a how we are as a society and go it's okay to change it's mm-hmm. okay to believe this and it's okay to openly talk about your emotions and openly yeah. talk about things and you know like i said like let's not let them be bitter at us like we were bitter at the, the yeah, you know let's definitely. all start working together but i do think that if we changed a few things in the way that we viewed life in general mm-hmm you would see a big difference mm-hmm. because, you know, you hit 20 and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you have to your career. Like how many 20-year-olds are expected to know what career they want and already be? Oh, well, you're expected to make that decision from high school. Yeah. Like I, and in hindsight, when you look back and you think someone who's 17 or 18, like they're a child. Yeah. When you're that age, you feel like you're such an adult. I've got my license. Yeah. I'm about to be able to drink. Like yeah. I can do that. And then you just sit back and I'm just like, man, how? Like. How are you supposed to make those big decisions? And And you're supposed to then, like, you're making a choice that, okay, well, I'm going to go to university and study journalism. So that, and then people, they go and they do that, um, they do that degree. And then they're like, well, I've done four years in the degree. So even though I now don't actually want to do this, I've got to do it. And so they stick in jobs or in personal situations that aren't actually you know, where they want to be or what they want to be doing because of I don't actually know why. But they ticked society's boxes. Yeah. You know, they accomplish what everyone yeah. thinks will give you happiness. Yeah. But then there's still that inner child that goes, I want to go on Dancing with the Stars or, yeah. you know, I yeah. want to go on The Voice. Like you've got that person like, oh, I wish. How many times have you spoken as like, I wish I'd kept doing this or yeah. I wish and it's like. Why wish? Like, what's yeah. stopping you? Well, like when I moved to Indonesia, something that people would say to me all the time is, oh, you're so lucky. And, uh, well, I always knew it came from a, a place of like of good intent. Yeah. I was like, I'm not actually lucky. I just 
bought a ticket and yep. I, I made the decision to go and then I was broke for six years and very, very happy. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about making a decision and then and following what you want to do. I know that obviously I'm like I'm not married, I don't have children and I didn't have very many like ties or um, expenses, I guess, and yep. not everybody has that. So not everyone has the exact amount of freedom that I did. But you are always one decision away from a different path and you can make those decisions. I mean, I can say the opposite to you. Like I made some choices, like the amount of musos I know that gave up, you know, mm -hmm. 18, 19, I'm still playing at 34. Mm -hmm. I risked everything, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to keep chasing this music thing. I made decisions, but at least I know that I made them for me. Yes. And so I can only reflect back. And then now people are like, oh yeah, so you've played music. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. What have you done? Cool. I played with suicidal tendencies and people just look at you like you played with them I'm like yeah i opened up for them they're watching side of stage it's like yeah i may not have the million bucks i don't have a record up on you know yeah but then i can say yeah yet yet yeah <laughs> i mean please get on spotify and have a listen people because it's so hard these days do it uh, but you know i i haven't got those awards i haven't got like you know a, a big selling single but i've managed to play with people that people are just like you've done that and it's like yeah yeah because you stuck it out Yes. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's that whole thing is like, I'm so proud of what I've done. And yeah, cool. I, like you said, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids, but man, have I got some experiences and yeah. man, have I done some cool stuff Absolutely. that other people can't say that they've done. And it's all because I just kept doing, to be honest, as someone that was depressed, chasing what made me happy because yes. I need that happiness. Yeah. But now it's just like, you know what, as a 34 year old who has learned that why I did certain things, I love it. It still makes me happy. But now I can do it with just like a, you know, a, the head screwed on a bit more, knowing yeah. when I'm putting myself in bad ruts or, yes. you know, being it's that like, awareness. Yeah. Or getting in a bit like for me, getting in a band with people that I can go, I'm having a shit head day. Yeah. And they'll go, what do you want to do? Let's go up, you know, hey, we'll go through this once and then we'll go get dinner together. Like, yeah, it just changes it that way. The fact that for my birthday, you know, my partner and the girls in the band got together and got me an electric drum kit and then. <sighs> got me a cake that said, you know, happy birthday simp. And they took me out for dinner. <laughs> but like having my close friends that are in a group with me yeah. go, fuck band practice. Like it's your birthday. Let's, mm -hmm. you know, that is putting yourself a doing a hobby that I love, but with people mm -hmm. that actually care about me, Yes, you know, and support me yeah. instead of the whole, like, Oh, I'm going to go in the band with that person. Cause they've got that many likes, but they're a horrible person, yeah. but they're going to get me somewhere. Yeah. Nah, why put yourself in a crappy situation? I'd rather go with a person that's like, hey, you know, our bass player started playing in August. She mm -hmm. played in high school, hasn't played since. <laughs> our singer hasn't been in a band in eight years. But, man, I feel so, like, loved, yeah, you know, and supported yeah. with these girls being in my side. I love that. <laughs> and it's, you know, you were saying, oh, I don't have the, the million dollars or the, you know, record number one hit or yeah. whatever, but... It's not always those things that bring us happiness. No. So it's, you know, about finding what makes you happy and being okay with whatever that might be. And, you know, looking back, you know, over the story that, you know, you've told us of, of your journey, like I just think how amazing it is that you've done all of these things and you should be so proud of yourself of how far you've come. Definitely. No, yeah. it, it's like it's. It's funny because, you know, you said, oh, let's go through this. And we started going before and I'm like, oh, that's a story. That's a story. <laughs> and these are things that you just forget about. But yeah. then 
you know, if this touches one person or someone goes, hey, I know exactly how he felt, it's like sweet. Like, you know, you're not by yourself out there. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, from the day that you told me this is what you were doing, I'm like, I'll help. Like, I'm going to jump on because, like, I, you know, I think I said to you on that day, it was like people our age just haven't had this. Like, our generation didn't get it. Yeah. And so if it's not done by them, why don't we do it ourselves or you? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's definitely been my sort of saying as well that, you know, all of this, all of the uncomfortable feelings I've had in, like, putting myself in, into weird situations of trying to learn how to use Reaper <laughs> and trying to buy microphones and that is all worth it if one person listens to one episode and feels less alone. Yep. Now you know what an interface is now as well, don't you? I know, you? <laughs> I know. And I, I do know what an interface is. Look out, guys. Cool. All right. Any last words? Um, I guess just like stay on top of everything. Don't be afraid. And, you know, if something doesn't feel right, just y- y- that voice knows. Yeah. That voice knows. Just listen to it mm-hmm. and follow that voice. Yeah. Because it's better to do it now when you're a bit more wary Mm -hmm. than to try to get yourself back up when you're at rock bottom. Yeah. Talk to someone, talk to a friend, a partner, talk to the GP, talk to anyone. Go online, look things up. There's always someone who will be willing to listen. I'm pretty sure just a big last thing. um, If anyone that is from South Australia listening to this, up north there's like walking like mental health from five to eight down in Elizabeth. Like, yeah, yeah, just a massive banner. Just walk in, someone will have a chat. Amazing. So, like, seeing that, like I said, I didn't, ne- you know, when did would you have ever seen anything like that? Like, Never. your school counselor was just your counselor. Yeah. And now you've they got were the chaplain ca- a lot of the time. Half the time, as well. yeah, that's all it was. It was just, yeah. yeah, a public school had a religious person in mm-hmm. there. So they're just going to tell you to go pray and do a few Hail Marys. But, and if that's what works for, for you, you, that's okay. <laughs> but cool. All right. Well, Thank you so much again for joining me tonight. No problems. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And uh, you'll be around because you'll be helping me with the podcast going forward. So uh, until next time, guys, we. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com or DM me on Instagram at hightidelowtideau. See you next time.